Hey everyone, I'm Maddie Foley, a producer here at Wonder Media Network. Today, I'm excited to highlight a bold activist, a talented physician, and the subject of the first Womanica episode I ever edited, Martha Hughes Cannon. Martha was never afraid to speak up for her beliefs, even if they went against the grain of societal norms. Women of the time could thank her for fighting for their right to vote and for her great work in health and sanitation. And that's pretty cool. This episode initially aired in March, but we wanted to highlight Martha again in honor of the many healthcare workers putting their lives on the line for us today. Now, here's host Jenny Kaplan to tell you all about Martha Hughes Cannon. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today's feminist was a women's rights activist, suffragist, physician, sanitation expert, state senator, and polygamous wife. She was heavily involved in the fight for national suffrage and was an especially important figure in the fight for suffrage and women's rights in Utah. Please welcome Martha Hughes Cannon. Martha Maria Hughes was born on July 1, 1857 in Wales. Her parents, Peter and Elizabeth Hughes, were both converts to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is often known colloquially as the Mormon Church. I will sing of the Mormons, the people of the Lord, since the time that Joseph prayed for life. When Martha was just three years old, she and her family emigrated to the United States and eventually made it to Salt Lake City, where they settled down. From an early age, Martha was academically gifted and excelled at school. When she was just 14, she actually taught school for a year, but eventually quit after being bullied by some of the older male students. Recognizing her talent and drive, Brigham Young, the head of the Mormon church, suggested that Martha should train as a typesetter instead. After an apprenticeship, Martha started work for the major Salt Lake City newspaper, the Desiree News. She eventually moved over to a Salt Lake City newspaper for women called The Women's Exponent. This paper, which was affiliated with the Mormon Relief Society, was published by Emmeline B. Wells, a major women's rights activist and another member of the church. Emmeline Wells and Eliza Snow soon became mentors to Martha and encouraged her to follow her dreams of becoming a doctor. Martha took the advice and in 1873, at just 16 years old, she enrolled as a pre-med student at the University of Desiree. Upon graduating with a bachelor's degree in chemistry in 1878, Martha enrolled at the University of Michigan Medical School. Just two years later, on her 23rd birthday, Martha graduated and became a full-fledged physician. Martha practiced medicine for a time in Michigan before moving to the University of Pennsylvania to do postgraduate work at the university's auxiliary medical department. Martha also took night classes in pharmacology and oratory and eventually earned both a bachelor's of science from the University of Pennsylvania and a bachelor's degree in oratory from the National School of Elocution and Oratory. In 1882, at just 25 years old and with a slew of degrees in hand, Martha decided it was time to move back to Salt Lake City. She initially opened up a private practice in her family home before being approached by Mormon leadership to become the resident physician 
at the newly opened Desiree Hospital. For the era, that seems like an astonishingly progressive hire. Martha set up training programs for nurses and gave regular lectures on important medical topics like childbirth. She also met a man by the name of Angus Cannon. Angus was the superintendent of Desiree Hospital and a leader in the church. He was also a polygamist. Polygamy was a hot-button issue in the United States during that period. While Mormons at the time saw it as a sacred element of their faith, most other Americans found it blasphemous and used the practice to heavily stigmatize members of the Mormon Church. The Edmonds Act, passed by Congress in 1882, criminalized polygamy and made it punishable with prison time. It seems that Martha wasn't concerned, and on October 6, 1884, she and Angus were married in the Mormon Temple in Salt Lake City. Martha became Angus's fourth wife, but soon thereafter, rumors swirled of their recent marriage and Angus was eventually arrested and sent to jail. Martha went into hiding in an effort not to be forced to testify against her husband. Soon after Angus went to jail, Martha learned that she was pregnant. She gave birth to a little girl named Elizabeth and then decided to visit family in Europe with her new baby. This not only put her out of reach of authorities who wanted her to testify against her husband, but also ensured that she wouldn't be called to testify in any other polygamy cases in which she may have provided obstetric services. Still, Martha missed home, and in December of 1887, she took a ship from Liverpool back to the U.S. While Martha had been in Europe, the U.S. Congress had passed the Edmunds-Tucker Act, which took away the voting rights of women in the territory of Utah. Unlike women in every other U.S. state or territory, women in Utah received voting rights in 1870 and had been taking part in elections ever since. This terrified many in Washington who disliked practices of the Mormon church like polygamy and wanted to limit the number of Mormon leaders in positions of political power. Upon her return to Utah, Martha became involved in the fight for suffrage and joined the leadership of the Utah Women's Suffrage Association. She gave speeches all over the territory about women's rights and the particular importance of voting rights. Martha was also a regular fixture at suffrage conferences, along with her colleagues and friends, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. At the 1893 Chicago World's Fair, Martha was a keynote speaker at the Women's Congress. Soon after, she sat in front of a congressional committee in Washington, D.C. to provide a status report on reenfranchisement efforts in Utah. Martha took a particular interest in the rights and opportunities for mothers. She believed strongly that educational opportunities, a sense of purpose, and greater freedom were essential components for successful mothers. She stated, Somehow I know that women who stay home all the time have the most unpleasant homes there are. You give me a woman who thinks about something besides cook stoves and wash tubs and baby flannels, and I'll show you, nine times out of ten, a successful mother. Martha worked tirelessly to include women's right to vote in the Utah State Constitution after it was granted statehood in 1896. That same year, she was elected to serve in the new Utah State Senate, making her the first female senator elected in the United States. Fun fact, she won her seat by beating out her own husband. If that wasn't enough, Martha also helped found the Utah State Board of Health, 
and authored Utah's first sanitation laws. Martha died in Los Angeles on July 10, 1932. She was buried next to her husband in Salt Lake City. All month, we're covering feminists from throughout history. For more on what we're doing, check out our new Encyclopedia Womanica newsletter. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Encyclopedia Womanica. And you can follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.